Warning, this episode of Seriously Wrong is only for smooth daddies and their little furry babies. Wow. <laughs> Imagine if we were born covered in fur and just got more and more bald as we got old. <laughs> That'd be good. <laughs> really like that. I wish. So it just goes to show intelligent design is not what happened because... Mm-hmm. Yeah, if there's any sense to this world. It'd be an easy way to tell age. <laughs> Die completely hairless, no eyebrows, <laughs> no armpit hair, no pubic hair. Mm-hmm. So in puberty, most of your hair would fall off. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Seriously Wrong podcast. My name is Sean, and I, I'm one of the hosts of the show, along with Aaron. Aaron. And um, today's episode is about fur what? and voting. Actually, let's just have a quick vote on what this episode's going to be about. Okay. I vote fur. I vote voting. Okay, so it's a tiebreaker. We need a judicial recount. Okay, let's try again. <laughs> what was your vote again? Uh, for a, an episode about fur. And mine was for an episode about voting. Oh, so oh yeah. It's, it's, it's a tie. Same. Yeah, shit. <laughs> voting doesn't work, everyone. Uh, yeah. Welcome to the show. Voting voting <laughs> didn't work. Welcome to the show. <laughs> no, I said doesn't work. Like, this disproved okay, it. Okay, well, no, I disagree. Democracy you know, disproved. Okay, let's have a quick vote. I vote that voting didn't work this time, but can work in principle. I vote that this proved voting will never work. Mm, tie. It's strange. It didn't work again. This goes to my theory. I don't know. It's. A, I think there's an argument to be made that although <laughs> we have shown two examples of voting not working, that voting in principle still could work. Mm. Um, it seems theoretical to me, but... You know what? I'm going to change my vote to make this episode about voting because I want to get to the bottom of this. And I understand fur very well. Oh, shit. So now it is working. Now mm-hmm. we figured it out. Yeah, We're we... going to do an episode about voting. Yeah, it just took two recounts and right. someone changing their vote. Yeah, the system works. The system works. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Some people need to self-crit or quit. That's what I always say. Listen up. Your politics are bad news. Get them fixed. Today's episode of Seriously Wrong is brought to you by Vote for Yourself. It's a new movement that's uh, taking over the country. In every district, we're finding people who are willing to sign up and say, you know what, I've had it up to here with these politicians. Things got to change. This time, I'm voting for myself. So all you need to do to join the movement is fill out, you know, eight to 10 pages of paperwork, put down a thousand dollar deposit, get 250 people to vouch for you and get your name on the ballot and then vote for you for once. And the ultimate goal of the vote for yourself movement is to have everybody in the country vote for themselves. Picture it. No winner. No winner. Perfect tie. All winners. 37 million people voted. 37 million people voted for themselves. Then what's the government going to do? It's going to be a new day. It's going to be a day where we all have a say. When someone says vote for me, you say, why? I'm not you. Vote for yourself for once. Vote for yourself. It's a new movement. Although you and I, Aaron, agree on a great deal of things, a legitimate 
tension between our ideologies of the world is our stances on voting or at least our actions towards voting right like yeah um the only times i voted recently were under heavy pressure from you doing my work (laughs) (laughs) yeah i just like i have a lot of trouble seeing the point um (laughs) And it's weird because, like, if you ask me, would I rather live in a system where people can't vote? When I look at those countries where that's the case, it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I see, like that's, this. This I, is better. <laughs> I was just thinking about this because, like, in interacting with authoritarians on the internet, oh, yeah, like, I'll you're, defend you're, voting. You're very to the strongly the, on the, the on the liberal democracy <laughs> side. Yeah, um, yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> people should have a say and like when you're talking about stalinism you're like vote 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 but then it's like when it's voting day you're like well it doesn't it's not gonna matter (laughs) i have so much trouble getting over the math aspect of looking at election results and then like if i did vote subtract my number from the thing and seeing oh how is the results different or adding if i didn't vote adding my number to the total like what would i have voted for and how would that have changed that you know the statistical nothingness of it okay well i'm i believe in voting i believe it's something that is ideal to do i'm not huge on like finger wagging people who don't vote and calling them bad or something, but Mm -hmm. I'm about encouraging them to vote. And especially because it really depends on the election. Like when you look at the data at the end of it and the numerical counts, exactly like whether or not you would have changed the outcome yourself personally. But like voting isn't about one person changing the outcome personally. Like that's a misunderstanding of the point of voting in the first place. It's about like, it's a cumulative expression of thousands of people. So like every time I voted with, with, there's a few exceptions, but vast majority of the time I voted, I voted in a safe leftist riding and contributed to a landslide victory for Mm -hmm. my preferred candidate. But that doesn't mean it didn't have an effect. Like I legitimately contributed among with with thousands of other people to a landslide victory for a good candidate. Part part of me wants to say you didn't contribute because if it still would have been a landslide (laughs) if you weren't there. But then like if you say that about every single person that nobody contributed, then then there's nothing there. So it's like it's a logical non-starter to say it was a zero contribution. Mm. It's just like... I don't know. I guess you have to appreciate, learn to appreciate this 0.0 whatever percentage you might well, move the needle. It's also or it, like just not think about the numbers in that way. Because even in like even in safe ridings for good candidates, uh, which there's places in Canada where you have that, it's like a safe riding for a candidate that matches my politics fairly well. Even in those places, like even if the polling is saying that it's safe and they're likely going to win. Not until the ballots are counted is it really done, you know? Like and it's it's possible that people not coming out to vote makes a difference between a good candidate and a bad candidate or a bad candidate and a worse candidate or yeah, think- like a narrative floating around that this like I didn't vote in this most recent provincial election in 
BC here. And one of the reasons that I told myself besides this whole math thing that I get hung up on, like every time was just like, well, the NDP is going to win my riding anyway. They've been winning it every time for a long time. And they did, they did win. So, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, like, yes, potentially that narrative could contribute to an effect where so many people who would have voted for the NDP feel that it's safe, feel that they don't have to go out and vote and they end up losing the riding. Um, the chances that whether or not you show up and vote is going to change the election is like basically none. I read some libertarian article. I think he calculated it based on the number of times it's happened in American history as like one in 60 million. There's a one in 60 million chance that your vote would be the one that decided the just based on how many elections there's been and how many times it's come down to one vote. The selling point for voting shouldn't be it's going to come down to one vote. I don't think that's, <laughs> I actually I was, uh, I was working on a campaign recently. We had a volunteer uh, calling people, encouraging them to vote. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she kept on saying, this is going to be really close. It could come down to one or two votes. And every so, time someone I, was saying one of the yeah. other right volunteers. Yeah. Yeah. So it would make me laugh every time. Uh, right. Because it's intuitively like if, if I believed that to be true, I would be, very apt to want to go vote. I'm there every time. I'll spend the half hour or whatever it takes to walk to the school two blocks away and vote. Okay, well, so the, there's a couple points I'd want to make on this, which is like, first of all, we've got this really atomized idea of democracy that when we're voting, it's it's happening in a vacuum where we're just one person going into a booth. We're not really talking about our decision. We're checking the box and we're leaving, going on with our lives and stuff. Yeah. Whereas I think the historical context that like the idea of democracy is more about conversations between people people voting in blocks and groups the whole it's an impolite to talk about religion or politics type thing where like oh no i'm i make my voting decisions based on the tv ads and i don't talk to anyone about what <laughs> what i think but i just i'll watch the ads and uh then i'll go down to the booth check my box and i'm done that's yeah. democracy I think that's actually really damaging, <laughs> a really bad form of democracy, where I think democracy should be based on conversation. Yeah, I, I, I like conversations. Like, I, I feel like I'm doing more if I talk about an election or a result I'd like to see and have a certain amount of people listen to me. And if I have the potential to affect some people's decisions, like very quickly that could be orders of magnitude more effective than my vote alone. So mm -hmm. then it doesn't even really matter if I go and vote. If I affected a thousand people to go vote, then like... <laughs> why not just make it a thousand and one? Just why not vote? Well, I mean, you could, but I'm just, I'm just saying like, I, d I definitely agree with the larger process. Like earlier you mentioned talking about dictatorships and for arguing with a stalinist on the internet someone who's just legitimately well yeah when you're arguing with a stalinist they'll say it is a democracy it's a one-party system it's democratic centralism it's everyone votes and then once you vote there's unity behind the decision and basically you you shouldn't dissent there's no factions are banned and like uh disagreements are banned so like they they have the voting aspect of democracy like technically in place there as long as you join the party but they don't have a lot of those other aspects because the you're not allowed to really disagree 
after the vote takes place or after the policy's been set. So like, I, th- I just think that's a really good point that there's a lot more to democracy than just going into the voting booth and voting. And just, so, so that part, you know, you could probably just dispense with. You don't even need to do it. I like all the other parts of democracy I'm, better. <laughs> I'm, I'm not like a, I'm not a super expert on it, but I was just reading someone recently um, talking about the early Russian revolution where apparently uh, that type of dissent and discussion and open disagreement was actually encouraged and part of the process for a long time. And then at some point there was a stagnation, switches in powers is when it became this ruthless mind control thing <laughs> yeah uh, my read i've read one book about it <laughs> i read half a jacobin article about it <laughs> the way this book laid it out was that there was the february revolution that took out the czar and then there was this provisional government going on and a whole bunch of socialist parties and some liberal parties in the provisional assembly i can't remember what it's called uh the duma the duma and then there was a lot of like discussion and different like factions and like this sort of vibrant political thing going on. But then it was the October revolution when the Bolsheviks seized power, uh, when all that stuff was kind of shut down and the single party was given the power to create legislation on its own. Just reminds me of how much I love liberal pluralism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the reasons that it's tempting to more tempting to not vote is because if you're not plugged into the differences between the parties, the drama that's going on in the parties, if you're not plugged into the political story at the time, uh, it's easier to not really care and not think about it and just let it pass by. But if you're participating in the all the rest of it, that is engaging with people about the issues, talking to people who are voting different ways, trying to convince people to vote the way that you'd like them to see If you're plugged in with the drama, plugged in with the current events, watching what happens, then when it comes to election day, even though you know that your little vote is just a tiny drop in the bucket, you just get it out of the way and do it because it's part of this overall process. You're going to want to you're going to want to drop in that bucket. (laughs) Yeah, because you're invested in it. You're you're invested in the outcome of the story at that point. Um, Eric Andwell, who's on our episode about GMOs a couple years back, he said to me once, Political life is this big, diverse thing. There's a lot of different things you can do with direct action, organizing your communities, petitions, lobbying, et cetera, et cetera. And all of it's important. And voting is part of that. And it's important. And so not voting is like brushing. Like if you're a political person, it's like brushing all your teeth, except just leaving one tooth that you never brush. Um, And that's that's voting. It's like it's a small part of the overall big political smile. (laughs) But... (laughs) But this is just one thought I have based on what you're saying, and it's a can of worms, so we should probably not get too deep into it. But the participating in the conversation leading up to the election and stuff, the way you're talking about, I'm just like very aware right now of how difficult that is. Like when we were doing the last season of the show and doing those what to think episodes, I was like following the news all the time. Like I was reading the news every day and watching a little bit every day, like just like keeping up with all the news stories that were relevant. And then when we went on break, I was kind of like, Oh, I don't need to like be so on top of the news. And I was like, I can, I'm going to start reading some books again. So I started like reading books and I stopped following the news. Like it just the time spent, flipped over into this other thing mm-hmm. and it's like i could do half as much as both but it's just that there's there's time management issues and like the way that 
we have so much to do and that's another thing to do and it's hard. Yeah, no, that's a good question that that raises how to make participation in public life not feel like another thing on your list of chores. Um, they should pay people to participate in the and to like w- learn about the conversation, the political conversations going on. There should be like one day a week where you spend your eight hour shift, not at your job, but at a discussion center or something. I don't know, somewhere where there's like lots of things to learn about, lots of like you can get up to date on everything that's going on once a week. You get paid for it. Same as your job. Did we have we talked about this before? I don't think so. Okay, I because, just thought of it. Okay, but it's amazing you thought of that because I completely forgot about this but had the same idea once <laughs> and it's like and you just came up with that so you're a genius <laughs> and uh, you're a genius also i'll believe you that but you I wasn't, came up with that i wasn't before. smart enough to remember mm. um i mean that's part of the reason it's really blowing my mind right now is cuz cuz i'm like i already agree with this um like that's exactly what we need to do cuz when i when i ran for office Mm-hmm. And I voted uh, for you. And you voted for me that I voted for myself also. I feel like my vote counted that time because it like... You got me up to 188 votes. Yeah, instead of 187. Yeah, which would have been humiliating. <laughs> <laughs> Part of my platform was reducing the workday to six hours. Because, I, you know, historically we've shortened workdays over time to 40 hour weeks. But it's acted kind of like it's just inevitable that it's going to stop at this like even though back in um i think even like richard nixon predicted the work week would get shorter when he was president so i wanted to bring that back for my campaign because i knew it was like really outside of but that was when the idea actually maybe even like maybe it wasn't my idea but maybe it was something that like you said that inspired it or something like maybe that's why there's that continuity um i give i give aaron full credit um But it's just this idea that you can have part of your week, even uh, one day every week, where you're paid to participate in political life. It's an amazing solution. Anyway, this is just a tangent talking about myself, but I agree with you. That's yeah. really good. That's like a really great idea. I want to explore that more. So uh, you're going to vote this, this time around, this election? Oh, no way, dude. I don't vote. No matter uh-huh. who, never. Yeah, no matter who you vote for, man, government still wins. That's what I always say. If it, anything changed from voting, they make it illegal. <laughs> I mean, but like countries where you can't vote, yeah. There's do you think even, there's no nah, good, no big difference? The right like, I'm there. actually just glad that I they have the right the vo- to vote, even if I nah, don't want to vote every they time. They shouldn't get the right to vote in those countries. Oh, so it's voting's good. pointless, anyways. Right. I wouldn't care if women lost the right to vote. Because it doesn't matter anyways. Okay, but I mean, this time around, the right-wing party is promising to, like, massively defund, like, our health care. I mean, I don't want to make you vote or anything. I just think... Well, it feels like I, you're I, trying, bro. I just think sometimes... It feels no, like you're like, trying, but I, I'm like strong. Like I just said, I, I don't even vote. I didn't vote last election. I just think I'm going to vote in this one. Like, Good. do you have a problem with that? Is yeah. That, yeah, you're, you're signing up for the system. You're putting on the dotted line. I support this. Whatever this thing does... There's like this big crazy beast, right? It's called the government. Mm-hmm. And when you vote, you're signing up. So it's better to like not try to tame the beast, but just make fun of the people who are trying to tame the beast. Well, yeah, well, because they're weak. They're dumb. That's definitely funny they, now that you mention it. But what we should do, right, man, is like just get separate. Beast over there. We're over here. 
right? Do our own get thing. Get separate. Okay, that's get the separate. Answer. Get separate. Right. And from that do our beast, own thing. man. Huh. It's a, it's a fas- fascinating ideas anyway. I still well, think I'm going to vote this time around. About but like, writing a book about it. Well, if you, you can't, you know, you're part of all the theft from taxation. Yeah. You're part of that. You signed up for it. Well, no. See, I don't sign up for it. I get separate. Get separate. Hmm. Well, I don't know. Try I, it, man. You know, do, you, do you have a blog or anything I could read? Yeah. Getseparate.net. It's for people who don't even want to participate in the whole thing, man. Sounds like it's a movement. Cool. Sounds, like, it sounds like you're well, starting a movement. It's definitely growing every day. Well, I got to say, like, I don't make decisions quickly like this, like to totally change my outlook on voting. But I've never heard this this idea get separate before. It's it's mm-hmm. it's a way to be above precise. it all. I, I like it. Uh, right. To be above. Yeah. That's why we had to start this movement, man. Get separate. Get separate. OK, well, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm liking it. I'm liking it. I'm going to check out the website first, but you may you may have a new. So listen, recruit. man, we like we charge to sign up for mm. Get Separate, oh, right? Okay, makes sense. You got to keep the server lights on, right? Right. Yeah. But because you're a good guy, I'll lower it. But you got to act now. Oh, right. Like what's the regular in the next price 10 minutes and regular the... price 60, 60, 60 a month, a month. Oh, and that's going to give you live updates. I can tell you're a cool guy. I'll bump that down for just 17. 17 a month. Well, yeah. that's even more than 50% off. Got to act now, though. All right. Um, you need month. my credit card? I do. Okay, here. <laughs> can I just can I just hand the physical card to you right yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, no you'll, problem, And man. you'll take the information. Yeah, it's all good. Um, what's your, uh, what's your uh, current billing address? Oh, you know what? I'll just text it to you. I'm so stoked to have you on board. <laughs> yeah, get separate. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm not going to vote in this election. You good. convinced me. All right. So uh, going into this episode, I kind of figured I'd be playing the non-voter because I've often not voted and you'd be playing the mm-hmm. pro-voter. So I compiled a list of reasons not to vote. But it's an interesting, just a little microcosm about our relationship mm. as as a voter, but not just a voter, but like a voter plus, a super voter. I increased the vote share by encouraging you to vote more than once. You had two votes kind of you we voted the way that you wanted to still i mean i wasn't there but <laughs> um i didn't have a gun to your head no but i did vote the way you wanted me to both times mm-hmm. true that's <laughs> the power of being a voter plus <laughs> a voter plus plus an influencer they call them mm-hmm. super voter yeah super voter <laughs> Uh, okay, well, the first one is just like the classic critique of democracy, which is that the you know, the masses are idiots. People are intuitive, irrational animals who uh, vote based on like, charismatic leaders and not based on principles, not based on facts, not based on anything. They're they're low information voters. They're uninformed. They by all accounts, should not be participating in government because they don't know what they're talking about. And having them rule the country is idiotic. Uh, Should I just go through all these or do you want to rebut in between? I'm more tempted to rebut than I thought I would be. I'll rebut. (laughs) Okay, so I think that there's there's some interesting questions there about what motivates voter behavior. And I think it's definitely true that voters aren't motivated by the reasons that you would hope they would be (laughs) like, they aren't like super rational Mm -hmm. Um, in doing stuff like going door to door. I've talked to voters who are motivated by the most irrational shit in the world. Like in this last federal, uh, in this last provincial election, the leader of the NDP had a goatee 
and I talked to a woman who wasn't going to vote for him because he had a goatee. <laughs> Just really hates goatees. Yeah. And she was like, Tell, pass this on to him. Let him know <laughs> that facial hair, it, it, it carries bacteria and stuff. And I was like, and I was like, yeah, but like you want to fund schools and hospitals, right? And she's like, I do. No, I do. I do. I'm just not going to vote this time. He's got to cut off that goatee. So it's any facial hair. She just hates all of it. I think so. Yeah. Did you have facial hair at the time? Um, I did, but I wasn't running. You know, I was just, a per- I'm just, I know, but to I'm be- just wondering if she was like glancing down, like eyeing your beard <laughs> thinking like, oh, it's just crawling uh, with dirty, yeah. gross bacteria. And she probably was. I didn't even think of it. I didn't even... I was more just amazed. Like, (laughs) yeah, right. (laughs) I wasn't. I wasn't like, oh my god, does she not like me? I was like, oh my god, is she real? (laughs) But like, so this just goes to show how irrational people are. Yeah. So Uh, yeah, getting back to your your key point, whether it's democratic, if it's a meritocratic system, a technocratic system, if it's the rule by the elite over everyone else, or it's just a bunch of individuals without any rulers. These irrationalities are going to exist no matter what. So it's not so much a problem with democracy as it's one of the things that we need to overcome in making a functioning democracy Mm. or making a functioning system at all. Um, Another thing is that many people feel like the issues they really care about aren't up for vote anyway. This is ideas of these bipartisan consensuses on various issues, the war on drugs, uh, prison reform, uh, civil rights issues, climate change, depending on if if you want like radical climate change uh, laws implemented immediately, there's no one to vote for for that. The point being, the things people really care about are rarely up for change in an election or like more than like minor course correction. I think there's some truth in that, although it seems on a social and political trajectory right now towards more of that. There's been an increased awareness of these issues and an increased amount of campaigning on them. And I think it's only a matter of time before we have a mainstream political candidate saying they're going to legalize all drugs. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, definitely within probably the next decade or so. But I mean, it's already happened in other parts of the world, right? Yeah. Or decriminalizing all drugs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And also if, if like you listed a lot of things that are kind of from a more radical social libertarian anarchist perspective, Mm -hmm. then I find myself, I like, I agree with them. That's still, we're still kind of like a fringe group of society. Like most voters aren't motivated by those things. Most current voters, anyways, maybe a lot of non-voters would be, and they wouldn't hmm. go out and vote if they saw it. This was this this little list was based on an article called "Why Young People Don't Vote" or something to that effect, and it hmm. was, these were the issues that young people felt that weren't being addressed. That 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 was why they weren't voting. In the absence of those issues being addressed, which I think they should be, there's a phrase I've seen thrown around recently, which is, "Voting is a chess move, not a Valentine." If you are serious about seeing change on those things, there are parties that are more or less open to discussions on them. And there are governments that are more or less open to listening to feedback from the population in general. So even if at the very least you're an activist and you're electing your next opposition, you're electing the next person that you're going to be fighting against for these things, then you want to elect the person who's at least in theory more open to it or more open to negotiations with the public on that type of thing yeah unless you're an accelerationist unless you're a certain type of specific what i would call bad accelerationist 
where you just want to elect like a totalitarian dictator who's going to make all those things way worse under the hope that that would convince everyone (laughs) to start believing in the same things you do. And also assuming that you get to keep democracy after that and then have society collapse and then have, I don't know. This one was kind of part of the one I just said, but that there's like, there's such a gulf between what candidates say they will do and what they actually end up doing that to vote for any candidate based on what they say they're going to do is a stupid, irrational thing to do. Like the idea that it's impossible to trust these candidates to follow through on even if they're making promises that you like the apathy is backed up by the evidence it's a it's a rational kind of apathy to say they're probably not going to do that anyway why Mm. should i lend them my my metaphysical support of one vote i think it is a real problem especially just for the effect that it has on politics when people break major promises like where you have in our uh, federal government here with the liberals, they've broken their promise to make this the last election, the last election under first past the post. They promised electoral reform mm-hmm. and then they reneged on that. Yeah. After I think it was, it was something like 90% of the experts and 80% of the public all agreed that they should move to a proportional system. They said there was no consensus. Um, <laughs> well, it's not a consensus. Consensus is 100%. Yeah, we were hoping when we promised there would be our last uh, our last election under first past the post, we were hoping that we would get 100% of Canadians <laughs> to agree with us on a specific change. Um, <clears throat> that type of shit is like really brutal, like lying to the public, you know, it shouldn't, it shouldn't happen. But I would disagree that the apathy is rational. I think that outrage when people break promises is rational. Apathy is irrational because you're withdrawing from the process. And when you withdraw, you let them get away with it. That doesn't fix the problem. But if you break a promise and that puts your job at risk, puts public perception of you at risk, gets you puts you under attack, not, not physical attack. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it was like the, the, the word guillotine was floating through my mind. I'm not in favor of guillotining no, I'm defi- anyone. But I'm definitely uh, uh, I'm a gu- guillotine skeptic for sure. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't think it causes the, the social change, the to the degree it needs to. Um, But if people are outraged and engaged around this stuff, it makes it harder and harder for people to break their promises. And I think a lot of politicians are really careful about trying to say only things they can deliver on. And a lot, even a lot of the liberals who ended up, you know, voting against the electoral reform, I think a lot, I think a good chunk of them are genuinely sorry that they campaigned on something they're not delivering. Um, well, I'm glad they're sorry, at least. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, two of them, there was recently in in the federal parliament, I think it was led by Nathan Cullen of the New Democrats, but also the conservatives and green, single green uh, MP Elizabeth May also voted with him to basically call out the government on reneging on this mm-hmm. um, and basically proposed bringing electoral reform and all of the liberals voted against it except for two which voted in favor and i think those two liberals they're they're good people you know they're they're not liars um it has no effect on what happened in the system because they needed they needed 20 liberals but anyway welcome to keyboard warrior radio theater 
Ha ha ha, not going to vote today. Got the whole day free to do whatever I want because I'm not going out to vote because I'm not supporting this stupid government. Ah, feeling good. Yeah, I'm not going to vote either because I believe in true feminine direct democracy, you know, egalitarian. This is just a phallocentric maletopia where the government plays the role of the receiving womb for you to deposit the vote is the phallus ejaculating. I'm totally against it. I couldn't agree more. Like if you ask me what the phallus should be doing is buying guns and protecting your property because the government's not going to do it for you. And like if you think you're doing something masculine by voting, then contributes to the feminization of the whole society, which the government is, as a paternal institution is doing anyways, taking the place of the fathers in these families and the single, don't, don't get me started. Uh, but not voting, just it's going to take all the power away from the government. Don't vote, go buy a gun. I agree so much with you on not voting. It's so important that people take their power back to their communities. And you're absolutely right. Arm themselves. Arm themselves for proletarian revolution. You can so tell voting was invented by a man. You know what I mean? You can just tell. I mean, for years and years, for, for hundreds of years, women were excluded from the process. You know, we women had to fight for our rights to vote and, and have our ballot counted. And then for nothing just turns out it's still a man's game you can't play it you can't take down the owner's tool shed with his tools so that's why i'm glad you're not voting and i'm also not going to vote yep voting is the tools of the government and you know why do they always got to get up in your grill and prevent you from doing things you want to start a business the government says no the government says give me ten thousand dollars to start your business you're a woman you want to go work the government says no you got to stay at home and cook for your husband and always in the way you're, you're a kid you're 10 years old you want to start taking on some responsibility for the family get a job at a factory the government says no 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 child labor laws it's wrong you know just need to take responsibility for their own lives personal responsibility and not vote. The greatest abdication of personal responsibility is voting. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, it's, I'm so mindless. I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote for a white supremacist male patriarchy. This, it's disgusting to participate in voting. And I'm so glad you don't. Could not agree more. Voting is bad. Voting is bad. Yeah, voting is, I'm, I'm against it. If you're reading this thread, I hope you came away with one thing. I'm not voting. Here, let's try saying it one word at a time, what the takeaway from the thread is. I'll go first. Don't vote. Nice, we did it. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Keyboard Warrior Radio Theater. Welcome to a uh, new part of our show uh, based on neologisms. Uh, that's invented words. It's called Wrong Boys Dictionary Time. <laughs> we wanted to invent a title for the segment that used the jism in neologism. It, like somehow made a pun out of that, but there's nothing really it's that It's too great. vulgar to like say it repeatedly. Like I want to return to this segment because I... <laughs> but just yeah, if we always had to like neologism, there was like a jizzing splash sound. It would be a weird segment. <laughs> yeah. So it's not called that. 
this your, is called, what did we call you, it? The Wrong Boys Dictionary, you said? Wrong Boys Dictionary yeah, we time. Yeah, we went with that instead. Just FYI, behind the scenes. A little so, behind the scenes stuff. So what's the today's neologism? It's called jabroni socialism. Jabroni socialism. So in wrestling, a jabroni is a wrestler who is uh, scheduled to fail who exists there only to be a foil. He exists to lose to heroes or to lose in upsets. He He's designed to fail. Uh, so jabroni socialism is the intentional misuse of state resources with the intent to cause public sector things like healthcare or education to fail, cause them to go into debt, and then use that as an excuse to sell it to their f- friends and privatize it. That's jabroni socialism public sector resources intentionally mismanaged to use as a pretense for privatization. The the final uh, one, well, it's actually two, but I, they're kind of both of the same structure, just coming from two different perspectives. The basic idea is that voting is immoral because you are supporting government that is inherently illegitimate. If you're a right-wing libertarian, it's inherently illegitimate because it's enforced through violence and taxation is theft and uh, the government has a monopoly on violence and they shouldn't and you are you're you're participating in the the election of the gang leader who's going to control the turf that you're you're <laughs> unable to be free within uh, from a left-wing social justice perspective, you are lending support to a white supremacist, racist, patriarchal, uh, heterosexist system that is oppressing every kind of minority you can think of. And you're there saying, yep, I'm going to vote for you, stamp of approval to keep doing that. Because no, no one's like seriously suggesting we uh, uh, completely eliminate all all of those things like like there there's there's no perfect social justice candidate who is saying and also has the power to fix all those things so so whoever you're voting for you're lending support to someone who is going to continue on in that system the only way to to truly fix those things is revolution is guillotine the only way to truly fix those things from the right libertarian perspective is to i don't know uh make the government smaller until it disappears and give everyone guns or something uh um but yeah the basic idea government is immoral you shouldn't be you shouldn't be lending your support to it you have no right to complain if you vote because you you voted and you you participated that's yeah that's that reversal of like there's a classic if you if you don't vote you don't have a right to complain yeah, and the reversal is, I didn't vote, I didn't participate. Yeah, I, I didn't I'm par- the only one with the right to complain. Mm-hmm. You're the ones who all did this y- thing. You all consented to voting, which just doesn't work. You, you By casting your ballot, you said, yes, I'm part of this monstrosity. Oh, one other argument against voting I feel like I'd just throw out there was that the people who really rule the country are the capital owners. So, uh, you're, yeah, it's kind of just for show. It's it's a it's a similar vein of an argument. It's that that you're lending legitimacy to you're you're propping up the property system instead of like let's talking about intersecting oppressions. Let's talk about class oppression and and you're just lending support to the system that is keeping the propertyed class in power with the police who are you know helping them protect their wealth rather than redistributing it. Yeah, uh, I love just being able to throw these out, and then you <laughs> you have to well, think the, of answers. The, 
<laughs> like the anti-property block, like the activists out there who are working on... You mean real leftists? <laughs> of yeah. which we are not a part. Um, if they wanted to try to work to like build dual power or something and have local communal areas based on uh, usufruct and, mm-hmm. and like... Um, access rather than ownership and that type of stuff if they wanted to do that like all the power to them i would prefer if they listen to their friends who are plugged into the electoral thing about what's going on and made a little bit time on an advanced voting day to go out there and just throw a ballot in to to help keep parties in power that aren't explicitly hostile towards human-led organizing mm-hmm. there are some parties that are more or less open to political organizing, political action, and conceding to demands by protesters and stuff. I think it just makes sense to participate in to try to make sure that the police aren't going to be sent to crush whatever you're doing um, as like a mode of harm reduction. Like I said, it's a chess move, not a valentine. Um, (laughs) Right. Harm reduction is a good way to think about it for all three of these kind of uh, you're legitimizing uh, an illegitimate system lines of argument, which is like... If you're a right wing libertarian, there's there's certain candidates who care more about the types of liberties that you care about and certain ones that don't. And you can vote for the ones who do and see that as the the lesser of two evils. Yeah, you, you yeah. got you got to get into the lesser of two evils. And it doesn't, kind you of don't thing. need to like emotionally invest in any candidate as a panacea who's going to perfectly solve everything. Like you don't in order to cast a ballot, you don't need to fully believe that whoever you're voting for is perfect and will solve all problems and is exactly like you. That's only happened to me once. Uh Oh, when no, I was voting you. for a candidate. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> oh, no, no, it wasn't you. It was, uh, no, I don't know. It was you. <laughs> I was going to like pick some name that I voted for, out, of, but I don't know anyone else that I voted for. I have no idea who they are. So, <laughs> uh, Yeah. And and likewise, there's, there's candidates who are going to do more and less to change the the racist and patriarchal outcomes of the way that our system is set up right now. And so, you know, voting for Bernie Sanders over Donald Trump probably would have made things better for minorities in America. You know, you can't say for sure, but it's probably even if Bernie Sanders (laughs) isn't the perfect Luxembourgist <laughs> who who's going to solve late solve Luxembourgist all not early Luxembourgist <laughs> is is the is late Luxembourgist better uh well she was more radical like early Luxembourg helped get the social democratic party to power mm-hmm. that ended up eventually sending proto-nazis to kill her can, can we blame Hitler on on Rosa um I'm against it I used to be more about disrespecting the dead than I am now, but now I kind of <laughs> <laughs> now I kind of want to not I think disrespect it's okay the to dead. Disrespect Hitler? Well, yeah, no, that was a t- <laughs> <laughs> no. I was talking about Rosa. Oh, oh, yeah. right, right. Um, okay, but on the subject of uh, voting as a white supremacist, imperialist, etc., bad. You're lending your support to the colonial state by voting. Okay, well, first of all, I just not voting is 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 not recorded. So a lot of people who don't vote legitimately don't care who wins at all. And they don't care about politics and they think everything is fine. No matter who wins, it'll be fine. There's other people who don't vote because they're really deeply invested in politics. They really, they will really hate for certain people to win like, you know, the Donald Trump type or if maybe they're 
right libertarian anarchists and they really don't want big government people to win or whatever. Mm. The system has a means of listening to you in, in whatever small way that is. And you're choosing to not speak to it. So I, I like, I, I don't, if people don't want to vote, I'm not going to go knocking on their door and yell at them or something. You don't want to make it illegal to, to not, not vote. vote. Uh, well, I, I kind of like, I mean, the system where it costs 20 bucks to not vote is pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like a reverse system where you get paid 50 bucks to vote and it doesn't cost anything to not vote. Sure, yeah, yeah. That, that's better for me. That's, Feels less gross to give instead of take, to give the carrot instead of the stick. I like, mm. the, I like carrots. Um, so, yeah, but on the subject of white supremacy and voting, I think, um, and like racism and structural inequality, colonialism, I think it's really worth talking about and thinking about how recently people have been given the right to vote, which is like kind of startlingly recently. Like in Canada, I think it was 19, it was something like 1960 that indigenous people got the right to vote in Canada. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So that's like pretty recently. It's like 50, 60 years ago. When, when did women, do you know when women could vote in Canada? Yeah. Um, so in a sense, I really win male feminism today. Because in my hometown, the place that I'm from, Winnipeg, it's the first place in Canada women were allowed to vote um, in provincial elections. On January 20th, 1916, white women got the right to vote. Um, the reason I specify white women is because indigenous women couldn't vote. And then there were also some limitations on certain races voting in certain areas, although I'm not sure about in uh, Manitoba. But actually, it, indigenous men could vote at that time if they relinquished their Indian status, they relinqu relinquished their legal... Right, you get you choose. You're either a citizen who can vote or you're a, a legal indigenous. I don't know what the it would have been called at that time, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, or even called an Indian. Now. Did they have legal Indian status? Is that what they called it? Yeah. So technically they could vote if they both relinquished their Indian status and became a property owner. How um, much property do they got to own? Like a house? Yeah, I think no, it was. Like, I think it was land, right. not like yeah, that's not the, like some crayons, <laughs> but like a a, a property. Right, right, right. In September of 1917, some white women across Canada were given the right to vote, but there was a War Measures Voting Act, and it took away the right to vote for German, Ukrainian, and Polish men because they were at war with Germany, which had occupied Ukraine and Poland, mm -hmm. and kind of in exchange for that or in the same act not really in exchange it's not women were allowed to vote if they were married to people who were deployed so like oh so like kind of in lieu of them because their husbands couldn't vote from overseas right like the women were just kind yeah. of voting the family vote or something mm -hmm. and also part of the reason that decision was made is because if the people at war couldn't vote the people who were in favor of war or in favor of going to fight in wars would be uh, decreased. So like in, you can have an anti-war vote more easily because all the people who support the war the most are off fighting wars. Oh, right, right, right. Um, and the families of service members are strongly in favor of conscri conscription, war, and supporting our troops. Um, and just another interesting thing from Canadian history I found is that... Uh, Inuit, so like northern indigenous people in Canada, legally had the right to vote for 12 years before there were ever, ever any ballot boxes sent up there. So like they legally had the right to vote, but there was no voting location for thousands of miles 
for so, like 12 years. <laughs> but if they, they could drive thousands of miles if they wanted to and vote, or because like now, like I can't just go vote anywhere I want. Like I got to vote near me, right? Isn't that kind of the idea? Yeah. I don't know. It depends. It depends. In provincial elections, you can vote anywhere in the province if you live in the province. Oh. Uh, you just have to vote for the riding you live in. But I'm not sure how it was back then. All I know is that they didn't have any ballot boxes up in the north, but they were legally allowed to vote, which is like a sick joke. It's a sick joke. Yeah. Oh, and another thing is actually in, although there were some limitations on certain races voting in different areas, like the law called them Asiatic people weren't allowed to vote in BC for a long time. Right. Um, And also in Saskatchewan, I think. But no matter your nationality, including indigenous, Polish or whatever, if you fought in the war, you were permanently allowed to vote when you came back as like a thank you for fighting in the war. So you could be a status Indian and vote if if you you went went to to the war. Yeah. But yeah, so I think there's some legitimacy to the critique that the democratic system we have in has a long history of racism and sexism and is tied to power structures, land ownership. And all those critiques have some validity in a historical context. However, democracy in principle gives the means for us to improve along these lines. And we can actually see that there has been some improvement that's happened through the processes of democracy, which include public opinion, good organizing or super voters and actual votes to put people into power who will change things. All right. Well, those that, that was all my objections. So well, you I handled them and you knocked them out, You knocked them down. Now everyone who listens to the show is going to get out there and <laughs> vote. They heard not voting debunked once and for all. <laughs> So yeah, I don't know. Like you make you make a ton of great points. Don't get me wrong. You make you make a ton of great. Thank you. Points. You too. You too. <laughs> but the, like the I don't know. I don't think we're gonna get bust through this emotional. Like maybe I I can like make myself go vote sometimes if I like really feel. I I don't know. I just like maybe it's just up to the super voters around you to get you out to the polls. Like you're just yeah. you're in this middle ground of like you're politically active, but. You're not a self-motivated voter. You, you need. Yeah. If they made it easier, this is another thing they should do. Make it easier. If I could vote from home from my computer, uh, done. Like I, I would totally do that. I know it's only a couple blocks away, but it's, it's a couple blocks I won't have to walk. Let me make my quick case for why you should vote. Number one, voting is fun. It's fun to vote. Oh my God. When you go vote. <laughs> It's just the biggest load of crap I've ever heard come out of your mouth. It's fun. It is not fun. The last time I went to vote, when I went and voted for you, uh, it was there was this huge lineup. I stood there for like, and and it was set up in the stupidest way because like depending on where you lived, you either had like you had like a number, and there was different desks for different numbers, and there was like I I don't know if it was A, B, C, and D or something like that. But like there there was this huge lineup at C, and like A, B, and D are all empty, and you can't go to the other lineups because you're not on their list. It it was stupid as fuck. Uh, It's it's I'm just saying my experience of it. It hasn't been fun. At, That's why at best, it, it's been tolerable. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's really important that we make voting accessible. Okay. Um, and, you know, like in the provincial elections here, you could vote at any voting location, anywhere in the province. When I went and voted, it took like, I there was no lineup. Like I just walked in it was, <laughs> and it was just really easy and quick. And Okay, but fun? Yes. Okay. 
What's the fun? I get. Nah, I don't know. <laughs> it's fun to exert power on the world. It, you sound it's like a dentist to... telling me that it's fun to brush my teeth. I so do I'm also like... like the dentist. <laughs> I love brushing my teeth. It's fun. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's more fun than brushing your teeth for sure. But I do like brushing my teeth. Okay, it's a blast. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I know that I'm keeping my teeth clean. <laughs> <laughs> Feels so good to know. Keep, keep my teeth clean. No, it's actually, it's, I don't know if you, if you care about the outcome, right. it, it, it does, it's, okay. it feels good to make it official, like right. have right, it re right. recorded. Okay. Hey, so do you think you're uh, you're gonna vote in that election coming up? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna vote. Of course, I'm gonna vote. Oh, why? Well, I mean, it's important. It's the foundation of our democracy, and if you don't do it, you're kind of just shirking your responsibility to society. I don't know. It's just like, are are you not voting? Is that why you asked me that? Um, I actually haven't voted before. I thought I've thought about voting you before, but like I never voting. got around to it. But what thoughts did you have? Because the thoughts that like a rational person would have is like voting is how i affect my society voting is the right thing to do voting is very easy voting is fun you know like all these things you just like if i'm gonna vote um is there one party that's always good that you should just always go with or like should i evaluate every election you know i don't get into that i don't get into who you're voting for that's not my bag i don't really care vote for whoever you want that's that's the beauty of the system the beauty of the system is it's your choice so well, I mean, you know, okay, just like, get out there and inform yourself who, you know so okay, just get, like, watch myself. the news every single night just spend a lot of time watching the news and, well, and thinking about political as, issues as and, someone... and talking to people about politics. Just that's what I do. I spend a lot of time on this and I put a lot of thought into it. But I just mean like in the event that I don't do all those things because I'm really busy. But why should, wouldn't you do those? Should things? I just it's just your basic responsibilities as a citizen. Yeah, that's another thing is I feel if I start voting, then I have if to you start voting. If I do that, then I'm going to have to start watching the news all the time and. Like, I just think that people who don't do that should probably be punished in some way. Ooh, they really? probably, yeah. I mean, like in Australia, they charge you a little bit of money, I think, but that, I don't know, that doesn't go far enough for me. It's like, I don't know, like you have to, you have to wear a dunce cap around, walk around, around the city saying, I didn't vote. I'm an idiot. A t-shirt provided to you by the government for like, you know, one month after the election, people point at you and laugh and kind of a humiliation ritual. Okay, well, if I vote, mm -hmm. then I don't have to do it. Right, exactly. That's a, So I'll yeah. just go and I'll waltz in there. And you can point and laugh at the other people. Throw, yeah, I want to be on that side of that. Right, right, right. And it's easy to vote. You know it's, what they say, it, if, if, if there's two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner, better hope your butt you're one of the wolves. Yep. That's what right. I do. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down. To that scenario, that people use that as an argument against democracy, but I'm just like, Phew. What, would you rather that the wolves and the sheep didn't vote? Maybe one mm -hmm. of the wolves is sympathetic to the sheep. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe yeah, the outcome is not so assured. You know, not yeah. all wolves, hashtag, are bad people. If wolves are civilized enough to vote, they're certainly civilized enough to not eat a sheep. Thank you. You know, you get it. You get it. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Simplest way, you want to you wanna get them? Put it up to a vote. Give them the chance to block the passing of this uh, humiliation ritual. Right. Only way we know how. Voting. Gotcha.
my first thought wasn't that we'll actually convert people to vote. My thought was all those idiots who don't vote won't come out to vote to block it. And it'll be 100% support unanimous in favor of the bill. It'll get passed. Well, that's the thing is voters, voters vote. Yeah, voters vote. So anyone who votes is going to vote in favor of this because they're going to see how rational it is. If everyone comes out and vote. But everyone won't come out and vote. Just the voters will come out and vote. Sorry, anyway, what are you so, naming this movement? It's so, which so movement? good. The voting movement? Yeah, the one of the uh, humiliation, the shaming. My movement is called Shame the Vote, and we're going to work to get the dunce cap humiliation ritual onto the ballots in 42 states this coming election season. But we can't do it alone. We need your help, and we need you to act now. Put your credit card in an envelope, mail it to us, We'll write down the information on it, and then we'll send it back to you. You can join for the low, low price of just $60 a month. Thank you. Got to act now, though. Intellectually, you got me. Like, you should probably vote. Uh, I don't like systems where you can't vote. There's emotional inertia that I don't think we're going to get through here. But maybe I'll vote next time. We'll see. We'll see. If you if you, if you make me. If I if I influence <laughs> you as a super voter. <laughs> uh thank you for listening to the podcast everyone. Hopefully your emotional inertia is less than mine and you're excited to go have fun and vote. It's just a blast at the ballot box. You know what? It's <laughs> just it's it's a blast. You get in there. <laughs> you brush your teeth and you just brush your, the vote. <laughs> brush your teeth. Oh, this feels so good. Knowing that my teeth are clean. Because you don't want to have bad breath for the p- person at the voting no, who's no. Uh, you're giving your information to or whatever. Yeah, it'll be embarrassing. Mm-hmm. So you brush your teeth, you go vote, you have a good time, head to seriouslywrong.com, click on the contact form, send us your feedback on this episode, send us a voice message. It's all right there on the contact page. Go to the donate section. I think it's just on the sidebar. Do, do Patreon. We have a Patreon. Thank you to all the new people who signed up. We've had a couple since the last episode. Oh, yeah. Really happy and loving and joyful. Every time that a new donator signs up, um, an alarm goes off at Seriously Wrong Headquarters. <laughs> and then me and Aaron both run around in circles going, oh boy, oh boy, oh gosh, they'll think so much. Yay! It's so true. And if you don't want to do the monthly Patreon thing, PayPal, or fake reviews on iTunes, uh, sign up for as many iTunes accounts as you can leave us five star reviews uh <laughs> we strongly encourage this this is a joke or is a comedy show someone suggested that we mention on the show also for new listeners which we have quite a bit of uh mention some other episodes that are good to check out you know the show if you start at the very beginning um it's a little uneven uh, we've been doing this for a couple years and a couple years ago i feel like i wasn't as good at podcasting as i am now i think episode 68 sleep deprivation was pretty good uh 67 campaign season uh, overlaps with this episode a bit but pretty good google murray bookchin episode 96 map versus territory i don't know the number on that one. Oh yeah yeah that's uh 91 also two of my favorites were recent ones so if you're a new listener you may have already listened to them but human nature and metamythology 109 and 111 are two of my favorite episodes self-critter quit that's what i always say
Louis enough Your politics are bad news Get them fixed Seriously Wrong Today's episode of Seriously Wrong has been brought to you by Political Movement to Pay People to Do Political Things. So you know how like it's hard to keep up with the news and it's hard to know what everyone's positions are on things, know what the different options are to be well studied in in various important political matters of the day? You're telling me I feel like a low information voter half these elections. I want to know more. And and so we should pay you to learn more. Oh shit, you're going to give me money? Nice. Yeah. I like politics now. The rule is double the minimum wage, show up for eight hours once a week, spend the day in community center learning about important issues. There's a discussion group going on. There's a presentation on both sides of an important issue. There's study area. You can read books. There's a selection of relevant pamphlets and articles and magazines printed out for you. You know, there's chatter in the halls. There's coffee. There's free donuts. There's lunch. You know, you just hang out all day, talk politics, learn about the world. Once a week, get paid. Oh, but okay. So just abandoning the ad, so uh, just to talk about the movement directly. Yeah, I like this idea as, as an alternative to um, basic income because it's still universal in the way basic income is. I guess the only way you could argue that it's not universal is that people might have other obli- like you no, know, they can't block off eight hours. But it seems hard to make that argument if you're getting paid because it's like if you have to work less at your job, then that's fine. Well, I think it should be matched with an equal, at least an equal reduction in work hours. Right, like right. Standardized right. work day. Yeah. Should go down to four days instead of 32 hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you got room sense. for your yeah. your eight hour education day. And you can go down, figure out the age you can start bringing your kids in there, get a little extra cash around the house. Oh, yeah, definitely. Buy those shoes that kid needs. Can learn how to manage money. They, they don't need an allowance. They, they want to get paid. They're going to go down and learn, learn something. Radical solutions that work. R-S-T-W. That's what we should call our movement. Radical, Radical solutions, solutions that, that work. work. It's a bit of a mouthful. R-S-T-W. Okay, well then what's the name of our movement? F- free money to learn. Free learning money. Uh, paid to learn. Paid for cash. Or ca- cash for learn. <laughs> paid cash for learning. <laughs> Do you want to earn money from home? We're called paycashforlearn.net. It's a p- political education fundraising, uh, fund distributing movement. We don't raise the funds, we just distribute them. I figured out the counter argument, obviously. God, I'm, so, I'm so stupid to not think of this. Who's going to pay for it? Me? With my tax money? Come on now. The government can't do anything. They're gonna, you're going to pay the government to indoctrinate children, propagandize them? I mean, not really propaganda, not propaganda, but yes, yeah, like the government, government, you know, everything the government does regional, is inherently tainted. Federal governments, they have a lot of cash flow. Money comes in, money goes out. Right. Let's put it towards this great idea. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree with you. I'm just trying to think of the counters. Sounds like Maoist re-education.
to I'm, I'm sure someone listening to this at some point in history until I said it was already thinking that it was like communist re-education is what we're advocating. Ah, ah, oh, oh my God. Just had a horrible nightmare. I had a horrible nightmare that I didn't st- sign up for paycashforlearn.com. Oh, that's that new government agency that pays you to learn about political issues, right? Yeah, it's really great. Um, I signed up for it and it's actually paid time to get involved in the political process. Uh, I can self-organize with other people. And it's at um, paidcashforlearn.com. Paidcashforlearn.com. Yeah. Is that for F-O-R or with the four? For the number. Paidcashforlearn.com is so great that when I had a dream that I didn't sign up for it, it made me scream because it was so scary. Yeah, I, I'm just really glad that I've never had that dream. Have you signed up for paycashforlearn.com? Yeah, I have. I have, That's yes. Well, I've been signed up for years, but... And in my dreams, I'm also always signed up for it. So, you know, I've just, I've never had, it never sounds had a, terrible, this experience you just had. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's something I didn't expect. I've never had a nightmare that's been so visceral. I usually don't even dream at all. Like, I don't remember my dreams in the morning. But yeah. this time it was so real. I was there. I didn't sign up for paidcashforlearn.com. It was horrifying. I started screaming and crying, and I woke up in a cold sweat, and I knew I could never let this happen again. I need to get my paidcashforlearn.com. Paidcashforlearn.com Next time on Seriously Wrong, Sean and Aaron spend all your donation money on cocaine, and it's a really, really good idea. Paidcashforlearn.com